0: Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Today, I I really want you to catch this because I really feel that God is going to really bless it in your life. The first thing I want to share with you is that I want you to remember that God blesses motive and attitude. God blesses motives and attitude. Another word for attitude is your spirit. When you say somebody has a great spirit, you're saying they also have a great attitude. We, we, We recognize attitude really quickly. Somebody's attitude can be very positive. Someone's attitude can be very negative, but either way, that's the condition of their spirit. But the motive behind what they do is what god sees that's why for every christian our motive should be that what god has given us we give to the world that jesus could be seen in us god blesses that motive god bless the motive of his only begotten son our lord and savior jesus christ Because his confession to all of us in the world at that given moment was, I've only come to fulfill the will of my Father. That was his motive. It was right. His heart was pure. There were things about Jesus that only God can do through him because of his purity. And his motive was right. This is the reason why King David was destined to sit on that throne. And God promised him. That there would never fail a man from his own blood line to sit on that throne. David may have made mistakes, but his motive and his spirit was right even before and after he had failed. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone fails. Everyone falls. And let me remind you, when you do, it doesn't surprise God. We don't surprise God when we don't respond to His presence, His voice, or walk in obedience when we choose not to. But God gives us and has given us grace. He's given us mercy. He gives us a chance to let our, our if you will, even time be redeemed and our actions. So, so David knew how to make up for his mistakes by going to God, humbling himself. But he also knew that God was not a man that he should lie, and he wasn't going to tell him something and just drop him to the wayside. He was going to fulfill his promise. David knew God would fulfill his promise. And so Solomon was going to be the fulfillment of that promise. And and so now we look at the same kind of, of, of example that was given to us through the Scriptures that jesus christ also when you study the scripture he was of the seed of david we learned this last week that he was according to the book of revelation of the seed of david the root and the offspring of david that means that he was the root that means that he was the actual source of david's covenant and he was the offspring the fulfillment of the covenant very powerful proving God's omniscience, omniscience, excuse me, omniscience to the world, that God is eternal, and he can be in the past and the present and in the future all at one time. Let that mess with your mind a little bit. Yes. So we understand one thing, that when God says it, it will come to pass. And, and, and the thing to recognize in the life of David, in the life of Solomon, even in, in other prophets like the life of Moses, in the life of Jesus Christ was, is that even before their promises, hell had tried to, because that was the ark, that, that is God's enemy, is, the, is the Satan himself. And, and Satan can't touch God, but he can try to mess with God's people and try to stop the fulfillment promises in his words, and he can never do it. The only one that could allow him to do so is you and I, by listening to what he has to say. By accepting lies and accepting false testimony. And so one thing he tried to do, for example, in the life of Christ, before he was even born, before he was even born, he tried to send Herod and his soldiers to kill the seed of promise. So God spoke to Joseph and Mary and gave them direction and gave them instruction gave them the reason why they should leave their city, go to Egypt, leave Bethlehem. And, you know, they they were destined to be there, but but there was a moment that they had appointed time. Not every delay is a denial, folks. Not every delay in your life is a denial. Most of the time, God has to instruct you God has to take you the long route so you'll get it settled in your heart and understand his hand is in this, and he wants you to trust him. You you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have ever had God take you the long route? (laughs) You knew there was a shorter way, but then God took you the long way, and you're like, my God, you could have did this yesterday, but God said, yeah, but yesterday you weren't ready for it. right. Right? Finally, Jesus makes it to his his birthplace. And then you look at the same pattern in Moses before he was even born. They tried to kill him. Pharaoh had all the children killed, but God moved on a mama. And a mama put that baby in a in, a bull, in the bulrush and, and a basket and put him down the river. And somehow in a miraculous way, she, he ended up back in her arms with her nursing him, helping him grow up. And then you look at other promises. Like Solomon's. Solomon's throne was challenged. Solomon had a brother by the name of Adonijah. Now, David had 19 sons. 19. That's not including daughters. You don't want to even know how many wives he had. But David was the king. And during those times, you know, there were different laws according to God's word because of the heart of men. But now we live in the dispensation of grace. Things have changed. We know that. That's another sermon. But I will say this. No, I better not say it. I'm going to try to be good today. Solomon was the fulfillment of an important time. And promise for Israel. But the fourth son of David. Whose name was Adonijah. That fourth son was arrogant. He had impure motive. He before David dies. He goes and tells everyone. He gets together. He starts politicking. Very similar to the spirit of Absalom. But that. Political, that that, that spirit that would walk up to everybody and just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. They know the right words. They have the right words. They promise them positions. They promise them things in their life, tell them what they want to hear just so they could get them to back them. This is the kind of man that Adonijah was. He had convinced everybody, you know, if, if you back me, then when I get in that throne, on that throne. I'm going to give you a wonderful position. You're going to have so many benefits. You'll never, get, you'll, never be nodding, you'll, never, you'll never miss a party, right? You'll be invited to everything. And they had so much whispering going on, so many things happening. It was nothing more than a plot by hell just to come against God's divine plan to set the right person on that throne. And as time went on, everyone heard, the word got out, and he had already had gone through the ordination. He had already gone through it, and people were accepting him. He had already started riding through the streets, and things were happening. And and, and then then Nathan runs and tells Bathsheba and says, hey, wasn't Solomon supposed to be the king? (laughs) Yeah, well, Adonijah's over there prompting, you know, just just is out there gloating and he just he just telling everybody that he's the one and David's got to do something cuz see David had tolerated it he had heard about it but didn't do nothing about it he didn't you know he didn't consider it to be a threat but it was becoming a threat because the people had agreed you see anybody can get people even to do what it seems to be God's will and it not be God's will You understand what I'm saying to you? You got to be careful because anybody can convince anybody okay that makes sense? Anybody can convince anybody to do something, and everyone feel it's God's will, and it really not, it isn't God's will. That's happened all over the Bible. That's why you can't be running with the crowd because it's popular. Sometimes you have to go against the crowd when nobody else likes it, or it's not popular. You know, like last week, we talked about not being ashamed. You can't be ashamed of doing God's will or or standing up for the gospel or doing the right thing because fulfilled promises most of the time are going to be contrary to popularity. To see God's promises come to pass in your life, I promise you, isn't going to be pleasing to everyone. There's no saying that goes, you can do good, but don't do too good. People get happy for you until they start seeing you blessed and at another level. Then they're like... I you mean, know, look, they think they're that and everything, right? They think they're bad, right? Nobody nobody realizes that it was God that did it. Can I, can I just insert something here? Can I insert something? When you see somebody who you know is blessed and you see God's hand on them, and, uh, don't get jealous because If you want the same kind of blessing, you're probably going to have to go through what they went through also. You don't know. You do not know the trouble, the trials. You do not know the battles. You do not know the sleepless nights. You don't understand all the hours they put in labor that they didn't get paid a thing for it. We don't know the other side of the story. So most of the time, you just need to just... Right. God has a plan for you. Your time will come, but you're in the process right now. And you've got to pass the test. Then you'll have a testimony, right? And so David told them, now take Solomon, and I want you to get my high authority, my high representatives, and I want you to take him and under my order, you make Solomon king to the people. And at that moment, that's when everything turned. But I want you to recognize the promise of Solomon sitting on that throne had to be fought for. And someone had to take action, just like they did for Jesus' sake when he was an infant, even before he was born. Somebody had to fight back and take action in order for him to become a the seed of God, born in this world, the Savior of the world. For Moses, somebody had to take action to see his life saved. Had those parents, even the parents of Solomon, it was his mother, real mother, and David who took action. The authority figures in every home have to take action in order to see the promises of God fulfilled for the family. The authority figures of every home have to take action and recognize that every promise comes with an assassin. I'm jumping ahead. I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead. My promise was to get you out. Point number one, every promise has an assigned assassin. That's a strong word, I understand. Doesn't sound like a Thanksgiving message. (laughs) But I promise our veterans understand what we're talking about. The the first secret you have to learn about promises is that if you've been given a promise by God, then hell has assigned someone to kill it. If you're ignorant of that fact, and I did say fact and truth, really, you read the Bible, then you are going to be frustrated by delays, and you're going to be in a place where you're saying to yourself, why isn't this happening? Oh, I promise you. I promise you. I don't know why, I I don't know how, it is not even relevant to me except that I know that every promise I have personally ever been given, it didn't just happen, I had to fight for it. It's sweet and wonderful to get a promise. I mean, when God promises you a baby and, and, and you're pregnant, it is so exciting. How many of you mamas can relate? So exciting! Whether you're a mama, that even when even if it's just adoption, you know, and it's very important, it's a special time. However, you were given a child, and you were blessed by God, and when you know you're going to get a child, uh, it's just exciting in the family, isn't it? Grandparents, have you ever got news that your child was pregnant and this is an exciting time? You're thinking, man, I'm going to be a grandparent. It's going to be awesome, and that's all wonderful, but there's somebody that has to give birth to that child in order for that child to come into the family. My point is, is that promises are seeds given by God, but someone has to be the recipient of it. And whoever is the recipient of that promise has to go through the birthing pains. Amen. Turn to somebody, look at them, and tell them, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. I'm sorry. I know you want to hear something that makes you feel excited and a little warm on the inside, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a friend. I got to tell you the truth. You're going to go through some trouble. You're going to have some arrows shot at you. You're going to be like David who had his own leader throw a javelin at him while he was at the dinner table. You may have to leave the city once in a while, come back when everything's good. I don't know what you have to go through. All I know is, is that that promise, hell's not just going to let it happen. Hell's just not going to let it come to pass without a fight. And so you can't be afraid to fight. To all of you that were brought out and saved from, with God's grace, to all of you Latinos out there that love to throw down, Right? And you think to yourself, now, man, I can't do none of that now because I'm a Christian. And the Lord said, turn my cheek, and I turned my cheek. He said, turn the other one, too. I turned it. But here's the secret. He didn't tell you what to do after the second turn. No, I'm just kidding. Don't throw in and Don't hurt anybody. Here's where you fight. All that inherited, you know, hustle. All that mustering up of frustration. Let me tell you who to take it out on. Don't take it out on your husband and your wife. Don't take it out on your kids. Don't take it out on your mama and your daddy. Don't take it out on nobody. You take it out on hell. That's the enemy. Well, I'm lollygagging, but let me go ahead and get to the point. You have a promise. That promise is tied to God. If God gave you a promise, and there's a purpose in the promise too. A purpose in it. God didn't want to give you a promise just so you can feel good about a promise and maybe just have something for yourself, and that's not what it's all about. These men were given to us in this world in times past, just like the Lord Jesus, Moses, Solomon, every single one of these men were given to us as a promise so they could fulfill God's purpose. In your promise is a purpose. That's why hell wants to stop it. That's If you really, really want to know why, it's not just because. If God says he's going to bless you and elevate you, that means that God wants to put you in a position where you can be a blessing and be an influence for his name's sake, not for yours. <laughs> Hell is not intimidated by you having a good name. In fact, that's, their pur- that's hell's purpose. Hell wants you to see you shine, wants you to like it, wants you to feel that, those, and hear those accolades from everybody. Oh, congratulations. Wonderful. You did well. You're so good. Oh, my God, you're just so smart. You know what? Why you did this? There's that subconscious speaking. You did this. Look what you've done. Look at what you've accomplished. Why why even go to church? You don't need church. You're way above all those dummies. Only only dumb people, <laughs> dumb people go to church. <laughs> That's what the intellect says. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how much knowledge you get in your life. To all of our professionals, I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care if your degrees are more than the thermometers in your home. doesn't matter. It's God who got you in your right mind. It's God who blessed you. It's God who gives you the right heart. It's God who protects you. And if hell can get you to believe, that this is all going to come to pass by your goodness, your righteousness, your hard work alone, you were sadly mistaken. Promises are fulfilled with the help of God. Promises are protected by his angels and God's word and his presence. Promises that come to pass. How many wives have promises for your husbands? How many husbands have promises for your wives? How many children are in here? How many young people have promises for your career and your future? You know that God has. Those are promises that God has given you that they come with the purpose. They don't come for your your own benefit. They come with the benefit of the kingdom of God attached to it. Need I remind you that when you were born again, you were saved, and you came to terms with the fact that Jesus was the Lord of your life, that you are now, you have been bought by the blood. You have been bought by the blood. Your life is not your own. Your life belongs to him. You're going to live for eternity. That's your reward, to be forever with him, to be redeemed. We are in this world, and it's all temporary. I feel a word. I'm telling you, that was for somebody. It is for somebody, that you are not by yourself. There is a God who looks over you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He knows every move that you make. He knows every thought that you have, and he has a purpose for you. You weren't born just to take up space. You were born to dominate your space. Domination in the kingdom of God is your mandate. God gave it to Adam from the very beginning, and it is being fulfilled in the earth right now through his kingdom. An assignment. An assassin isn't after your promise more than he is your faith. That's exactly what's taking place. People receive a promise. Then hell attacks their faith, and they start saying in their spirit, they may not say it out loud, God lied. There is no God. I don't know if God is, exists. That, I promise you, is said by the human spirit so many times. Nobody's looking at Okay, here, here. I've thought those thoughts before. That make you feel better? Hi, my name is Robert Rivera. And I have thought those thoughts before. Because carnality wants to rule your life. But God also wants to rule in your life. And your faith. Do you remember? Do you remember what God told Peter? he said peter satan has desired to sift you as wheat he wants to take your life but i pray the lord told him i pray that your faith fail not your faith someone say faith, faith. it's your faith your belief system who you trust in who you hope in let me let me encourage you god has never let us down no he has not let us down. We have let God down. We have got weak in our faith. We have let our faith be affected. And it's our responsibility, above all things, to keep our faith, hold our faith, grow your faith. Let me encourage all of you, spirit filled Christians in here, and let me tell you what, what the Bible says. The Bible says we're to pray in our most holiest faith, praying in, our, in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit praying in his presence, keeping a relationship with God, keeping his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God and God's word when he speaks to you. Now, let me, let me, let me clarify that for you just, just right now. i got to move on, but let me clarify that for you. That, that, that word is reference to the rhema, the fresh spoken word of God in your life, not just the written word. When that written word becomes digested, and meditated on and repeated in your life it gets in from it gets into your spirit and then when you begin to pray and you begin to lean on God and God begins to move in your life what you have in your brain and in your spirit God will use it to speak out of you and when you hear that word it will lift your faith is that too difficult When God gives you a word from him, whether it be spoken for someone else and your spirit bears witness or whether it comes out of your own spirit into your, into your mind, you got to hear the voice of God. You need to be attentive to the voice of God. And instead of listening to lies, and here's another one, are you ready? And listening to feelings. Oh, wow, that is the biggest one. Feeling. (laughs) Nothing more than feeling. That's what everyone listens to. I don't know, Pastor Bobby, I'm just not feeling it. Man, I'm getting off track, but I got to tell you. I got to tell you. You may disagree with me, but I have thought about this for over 20 years. I've always said, don't go by feelings. But now I'm starting to believe and have believed that I do believe you need to go by the right feeling. And know what God feels like. I always look for a feeling in something that's called peace. Peace is something you feel. Righteousness is something from God that you feel. I believe this is a feeling experience, a very emotional experience. And when I don't feel him, God has taught me how to get into a position where I can all the time. It's a choice. Trust me. Going through a dry season, don't feel anything at all? Break it by priming the well. Dig a little bit deeper. I promise you water's going to come out. Be consistent. Don't satisfy for a dry season. Press into it. And that's where you got the word to keep you focused on it. You got the word to keep you on track. And then you get to the place where you have broken through in your life and you feel the presence of God coming in and you feel feel the witness of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, with every decision, you need to feel peace in God's direction. And know what God feels like. Know the love of God. Know what the love of God feels like. Know what the peace of God feels like. Know what the righteousness of God feels like to help you walk in obedience. Know these things, because you need to know the voice of God. The Scripture says there are many voices in the world. And Jesus said, my sheep, they hear my voice, and they follow, and another they will not follow. Knowing the voice of God comes out by him having your voice. Talking. You can hear the voice of God. You can hear. God God may speak to you in so many different ways, but you as an individual have to know that you have to develop that relationship with God to know the direction of God. It's a responsibility. Mama's not going to do it for you. Grandma's not going to do it for you. Daddy's not going to do it for you. You can call mama all day long and say, mama, you need to pray for me. I got some spiritual mamas in my life. Trust me. When I'm going through some hard times and I need some reinforcement, I don't believe there's anything wrong with calling your mamas. I got a lot of mamas. I lost my mama. We lost both of them this last year. But we got some spiritual mamas in our life. And I don't ever hesitate to call them. But I also know that I've got to pray on my own too. Am I being too religious? Is this too, too old school? Well, first of all, does anybody believe this anymore? Does anybody believe this anymore? Does anybody believe in this house that prayer is the answer, that God's word is true? I mean, this isn't old school. This is really relevant for for any age. This should be the same message that's preached to our great grandchildren when. If we're not here, there's, there's certain principles of God that never change. Uh, Adonijah tried to kill the faith of Solomon, of David, but his mama stood up and said, Daddy, we need to do something about this. Somebody has to have a voice. Somebody has to have enough backbone to stand up and say, Hell, ho, 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 ho. Wait a minute. God's given us a promise. We can't talk like that. God's given us a promise. We're not going to accept that. God's given us a promise. We're going to get on that property and build a building on that <laughs> property. You understand what I'm saying? God's given us a promise. We're not going to go broke. God said he will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. God gave me a promise and said he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of his peace was upon me, and he said by his stripes I am healed, period. Does anybody have a promise? God gave me a promise and said he is greater inside of me than any influence outside my realm. Anything, anyone. Somebody has to stand up and say, no, I don't accept that. Be accurate in your emotions and know how to follow after the right spirit, folks. We need discernment in our life. Somebody, oh, uh, I'm I talking to anybody, lay your right hand on that big dome of yours and say, Lord, give me discernment in my mind. God, give me discernment in my heart. Come on, give me the ability to tell the difference between what's you and what's not you. And give me the ability to resist every emotion that I deal with in my life. Every emotion that I deal with Help me understand. Help me get it. Wake me up. The reason why so many people lose out on their promise is because they don't recognize that there's an assassin. That's why. They don't recognize the moment they concede the promise, somebody else on the other side of the fence was given your name, your address, where you go to church. You see, you were recruited. God put something inside of you. Remember the parable when Jesus said there are many seeds that are planted. Some land on hard ground, stony ground. Some, the enemy came and stole. It was all about the seed and the purpose and that promise. And the the, the, the moment that the seed was planted is when the enemy came in. Because God has now given them an assignment. You understand what I'm saying to you? You have now been given an assignment. Most of the time, I don't pray for promises. I just pray, God, let me walk in your promises. So now that you are given an assignment or seed or promise, the one who hates God for kicking him out of the choir, it's now looking at you and saying, hmm, that ain't going to happen. But God's word says his promises are yea and amen. They will come to pass. Matthew chapter 11, verse 11 through 12. Here's what I'm trying to tell you truly, just as Jesus talking. This is the Lord talking after John. Listen to this. After John was in prison, John the Baptist was in prison, John the Baptist was questioning whether or not Jesus was the one. I mean, look, he he staked his old ministry on it. He put his old ministry on it and said, there's the one, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. He prophesied over him. He openly, publicly declared he was the Savior. He was the Messiah. Now he's in prison. He's in trouble. And now in his weakest moment, his doubt is growing. His doubt is speaking to him and saying, I don't know if, I don't know if he's the one. So he sent his disciples, and he sent them to ask. And so Jesus said, you go tell John that the poor have the gospel preached to them. That blind eyes are open. The lame walk. And then he said this and turned around and he said this to his disciples. Here's what the scripture says. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet, from one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. That's you and I. Do you catch that? Except the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent, what? Take it by force. In other words, he was identifying the fact that John was in jail, hell was trying to stop everything God was doing, But Jesus replies and says, but the violent, those that have been attacked, those that are going through it, have to reply with violence also towards hell because they're going to take their promise by force. (laughs) Not towards people. Listen, forgive people. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing they, they, they just don't understand, you know, forgiveness was meant for you more than the person you're forgiving, so you're not locked up in this prison, and you're bound by, by these, this bitterness and hurt feelings and offense and all these things, but I promise you, the moment you set someone free is the moment you set yourself free. But John's prison was just an example for Jesus to look at his disciples and tell them, look, John's in prison. That's all right. They tried to bring violence on him. But listen, from the days that he's in now and and even now, he said the kingdom of God is going to suffer violence, but the violent are going to take it by force. In other words, my children have to be aggressive if they're going to see the promises come to pass. If they're going to see any good thing come in their life, they have to be aggressive and not just a weekend Christian. You know, you might as well shave your head like mine, get some flowers on your neck, and just get an orange robe and do this around the airport. Oh, it's this? I'm sorry, it wasn't this. I don't know where this came from. It's the ding, 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 ding. I'm. A, I don't care who. I don't care what you. Say, I'm gonna make a great grandpa. <laughs> I love kids, man. I love kids. If I ever shake your, if I ever, like, if I ever shake your kid, <laughs> I meant to say if I ever shake your hand and kiss your kid is for real. I love kids, man. But I think God loves children overall because He said we all need to be children of, of the kingdom, right? Because of their innocence, because of their. The pureness of their heart. Someone say with me, sometimes you have to be violent. Not towards people, but towards hell. Okay, I want you to repeat this after me, everyone. Are you ready? Say it with me. The The devil is not my friend. He doesn't care about me. He has only one intent, to kill my faith. But God, God. come on, but God, but God said he would never leave me or forsake me. Come on, somebody repeat this after me. Greater is he in me than him in the world. Now, praise him if you believe that. (laughs) All right, you ain't ready for this, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. You ain't ready. Remember that game? 1970, there was a man in Japan who developed a software for this game called, you ready, Pucky Man. They called it Pucky Man. Then they sold it to a company, the software to a company in America to distribute this, and they changed it to Pac-Man. And, and, and the whole intent to this game, and trust me, when I throw something like this up here, it's got to be God. I've thrown stuff up here I have no relationship, to, have no interest in most of the time, and It's for somebody out there. But how many of you ever played this game before? Raise your hand. Yeah, you all know it. Still, this game, despite all the new software coming out, this game still ranks the top 20 in America and the world. Still. I did the research. You go look it up for yourself. But here is the whole purpose of the game. You see? Did you know that these little things represent, they were ghosts? They were spirits. That's what the game was. The game was based on spirits in a maze. These little lines here, I, I know this is Pac Man, just bear with me. I, I told God, God, are you serious, Pac Man? He said, You teach it like it's a theological revelation. That's what he told me, so I, I'm, I'm just obedient. Here we go. These walls right here aren't just short walls that you can see everybody on the other side. These are high walls. A maze. You can't see around. But in that maze, there's a bunch of spirits. And and, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is Blinky, Pinky, right? You remember all those names? And I forgot the other two Stinky and whatever. (laughs) Some are slow, some are fast. Some don't stay blue long when you eat these power pellets, right? And and you get points every time you come around and eat these little dots. Well, here's what what we don't recognize and haven't recognized throughout the years. That every time we come to a place on this, uh, we came to a place on this game, the objective for us was to get all the dots but we couldn't get all the dots unless we had help from the power. And then when we had power, these guys lost their power. They did. They lost their power. So, so right here, in essence, when this guy took off here, you got this thing right here, then all of a sudden this guy right here, And this guy right here, and this guy right here, and this guy right here had no power. But you couldn't tell where they were at, what they were doing. All you know is is as soon as you got power, they started running in the opposite direction. Every time. But they were spirits. Here we are playing games when we're little, not even knowing that these are spirits. Chasing us. Trying to kill us and take our life so crazy and then pac-man goes and when he gets some power everything changes and then every time he gets to a certain place where he's walking and following and doing his purpose he gets a fruit oh, so much in this game <laughs> so much in pac-man you never knew you could learn something from pac-man Have you ever noticed the longer you live this life as a Christian, the more you grow, the more fruits of the Spirit you get? Have you ever noticed that? The more love you have? Because that's the whole objective. I could never figure out why in the world would you reward somebody just with fruit? Well, God gives us the same reward with fruit. I'm not in it for the gifts. I mean, the gifts help me. But I need his power. I need his anointing. But I need more fruit in my life. If I'm ever going to win, if I'm ever going to win, I need power. And when you get anointed in your life, I promise you, hell can't touch you. And that's the time where the scripture says, draw near to me. Submit to me, then rebuke the devil, and he will flee from you. Here's point number two. Promises come with instruction. This is the last point I'm letting you go for the day. Is this okay right now? Are you engaged still? Are you still engaged with me right now in your mind? Clarify that. A promise begins with the seed when God gives you his word. That seed inside of you, that seed inside of you is there until you have given it birth. And if there's one thing that hell wants to do, it wants to abort your promise. But until you recognize you have power. Now, I'm going to share something with you. This is the funniest thing. I mean, just knowing I used to be really into this, and I don't know if you were, but I remember that you started off here, and there was a pattern to this. There was a pattern. I remember the pattern. You go here, then the blue one came around over here. This blue one, I'm telling you, here's what the pattern was. The light blue one came over here, went through here, and you had to wait over here and then you would go, and when it passed you up, you would go back and get this, get this, and then you start working your way through it. There was a pattern to this. Every level had a pattern. I I memorized the patterns. See, when I was little, my family owned an arcade, among other things, but an arcade was the coolest thing my family's ever had, and we had Pac-Man. We had Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong. We had it all. And But my game was Stargate, Defender, and Pac-Man. And I spent so many hours at Pac-Man. I learned, hold on a second, there's a pattern here. They do this. They go here. It's a <laughs> program. So I learned the program. And when I learned the program, I learned that, wait a minute, there's a way you can beat every one of these. You can beat every one of them if you know the, the program. Listen, folks. God's word is the program. God's word is the instruction for you to win. You can't lose when you know you can't lose. You cannot lose when you know which way the enemy is going to go in your life. It's so obvious. You can't be ignorant of his devices, what the scripture says. And I know I can tell you when somebody gives me a word, I receive a promise right away. I do not waste time. I start praising him. I start praying to him. I start setting up a wall of defense. I start taking my personal relationship with God to another level because, listen, every time I get a promise, and most people get excited. I don't get really excited more than I do ready and prepared. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, God, you give me a promise. I know exactly what hell's going to do. He's going to try to give me feelings. He's going to try to stop my business from prospering. He's going to try to stop people from coming to church. He's going to try to stop people from giving. He's going to try to stop people from serving. I already know how this works. So right away, I start getting into a mode of prayer and start out of my mouth the promises of God and start saying things like, Lord, you said I will be the head and not the tail. I will be above and not beneath. You said he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my shield and my buckler. Nothing can come against me, God. Because I'm covered by the blood. I'm covered by the blood, Jesus. Yeah, I go into the four quadrants. I go into one of my corners. Now, get me some power. Get me some power. I know this is fundamental, but you see, simplicity, wisdom comes in Simplicity. I believe God needs to take you back as a child today to help you understand how simple this is. Hell has a pattern, and you can know that pattern because here's what I didn't tell you. In reality, just bear with me, Pac-Man doesn't know what's behind those walls, but the one who's playing him does see all the walls. He has an aerial view. That was you and I. You don't know there's a devil up there, but you know he's coming your way, so you start moving him in the other direction. See, that guy represents me. But when I'm submitted to him, God now takes full control. And he tells you, do this. Joseph, leave. Leave there. Go to Egypt. Go to Nazareth. Stay there for 14 years then go back to Bethlehem go here go there because why why God just trust me do this there's a promise that you have in your life but hell is trying to get you Help! don't go there yet Herod is dead but there's another one coming his name is Blinky thank you Lord God knows where to go so it's a matter if I'm going to see the promise and if I'm going to win it's a matter of me letting him control me it's a matter of me surrendering to him. It's a matter of me disobeying him. Listen, before the disciples could ever do anything, Luke 24, 49 says this. It said, behold, Jesus told them, I got a promise for you. I want you to go out into all the world. I want you to preach the gospel to every person. I want you to reach out to the rich, to the poor, to, to, the, to the Greek, to the Jew, But before you do that, I need you to go to Jerusalem. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. But after I give you power, Peter, you're not going to be intimidated by hell anymore. And hell doesn't have the edge over you to stop and delay and deny your promises. After I give you power, you're going to see them run away from you you're going to see them hide from you and you will see every promise come to pass in your life Peter someone say power come on someone say Jesus I surrender I follow you I love you and I let you play the game in Jesus name somebody give him some praise come on stand to your feet Stand to your feet this Sunday morning. Now I want you to raise your hands and raise your voice. And this is our declaration. Here's what we're going to end with. We're going to end with this. That God will give us ears to hear. That God will give us a heart to obey. That he will lead us and guide us. And then when necessary, he give us the faith to resist evil, to resist offense, to resist hurt, to forgive, to know that God is in full control of our lives, and he has an aerial view of everything from the beginning to the end, and that we will see our promises come to pass in Jesus' name mission here at covenant life center is to help our world live give and love like jesus if our ministry has impacted you in any way we would love for you to email us at info at you can get connected with us through our social media at clc victoria and download our app